Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. Let's make our confession because this confession is the will of God for your life. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have the victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you just spoke truth. Good to have all of you here. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalms 37. We're going to get there in, in just a few moments. But uh, the message that, that God really put in my heart as I was praying over this service was a, it's an unusual title, Establishing the Beachheads in Your Mind. Establishing the Beachheads in Your Mind. And when I kept hearing that over and over again, I thought, God, I don't know exactly what that means. And instantly, uh, the Lord, I, God uses in my life a lot of military things. I believe God knows what we relate to, so he, he relates to us in things that we can understand or things that he can break through our, our knowledge to get through to us to let us know what it is. And I said, God, what is that? And and. Instantly, I saw these old World War II movies. I saw a lot of them in boot camp where, especially in the South Pacific, but the entire world was aflame, and there was war going on in, in Germany and uh, over in, in Europe, and, and uh, you know, the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Air Force. And in, 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 the, in, in boot camp, when I was in boot camp, we would see a lot of World War II fi uh, film footage, uh, real footage. Uh, a couple of them, the actual photographer died uh, in, in it, but uh, of uh, Iwo Jima and Okinawa and Tarawa and places like that where, you know, men and women really gave their lives for this great nation. And, uh, and, and I said, God, I, I still don't understand the message to go along with this title, Establishing the Beachheads in Your, in your Mind. And, uh, but, but then it, it began to unfold that in, in wartime like that in the Pacific, the most important priority for the military, and especially as they were going from island to island, the Navy would bombard that island, the Marines would come ashore in the various aircraft, amphibious aircraft, uh, 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 ships that they had to bring the, the troops in. But, but the immediate priority was not to take the island, it was to take the beachhead. If you didn't take the beachhead, then you couldn't bring forth the supplies that were needed to take the island. You couldn't bring forth the reinforcements that were needed to go forth and take the island. So the immediate priority was the beachhead. And, uh, and I was thinking about that and I said, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a definition for beachhead. A beachhead is an area on a hostile shore occupied to secure further landing of troops and supplies. Well, it, it made sense to me then, in all of our training and, and watching things like that years ago, if, if you didn't establish the beachhead and have a safe area to operate in, 
then they couldn't bring the supplies. You could not go ashore with all the supplies you need. It was impossible. But you would go to the ashore with just enough for two or three days or maybe a week's supply, and then you had to get the supply train coming in behind you, but it had to be safe for them to come, and they knew there were going to be a lot of casualties, so you had to have reinforced troops coming to come and take over where there was a need for those types of things. And what I felt the Lord showed me is that you and I are in a battle in our minds and that our beachhead is our mind to have it established once and for all on the things that God has for us so that we can accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. And that if we don't deal with the issue of how God has set this whole thing up, then we can go through life with a lot of lack instead of how God wants to bless us. And God wants to bless you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God wants to bless you. We have uh, our uh, uh, granddaughter staying with us for the last couple of days, and, and uh, I'm, I do this too, but my wife does a really good job of uh, wanting to do things for Molly. All Molly has to say is, Grandma, I would like to have, and you can fill in the blanks. Molly said, my, I bought my wife, I don't know, Valentine's Day a couple of years ago, uh, out of Cracker Barrel, I saw them uh, something in gravy. It's two bears. Uh, biscuits and gravy. But Pam loves these little bears, and there's biscuits and gravy. They're the cutest little bears. Well, Molly wanted to set. Well, all Grandma had to do was to hear that, and she's got Molly at, Cra at not Cracker Barrel, uh, Bob Evans is where they sell them, but they were out. But Grandma was out there immediately looking for those two little bears so that she could bless her granddaughter with. God wants to bless you. Tell your neighbor again, God wants to bless you. Now, what I'm about to tell you, I don't understand exactly how it works, okay, or why it works this way, but I know it works. God wants to know what you desire from Him. I, I don't understand it in its totality because God is awesome and God can do whatever He wants. But we also know that the devil through the Garden of Eden was released by Adam and Eve when they gave the authority and the power and the dominion to him over this earth. He does not have this earth. It does not belong to him. It belongs to God. But he has a right because he took it from Adam and Eve to be there. I, I, I can't give you an exact uh, definition of this, but it's as if the owner of the land can't do with the land what he wants because somebody else is squatting on the land temporary. And that's what the devil is doing. Everybody said the devil is temporary. He's not going to rule over this earth forever. As a matter of fact, he's not even ruling over this earth right now if you're a born-again believer and if you know your authority and power and dominion. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you have been given the right to, awesome, to act and do what God has called you to do and to be who God has called you to be. And God delights to give you the desires of your heart. If you go back to World War II, 
when they'd go ashore, they'd have a communication system, and they'd be communicating with headquarters, usually somebody on a ship, but with headquarters, and all of that has changed now. It's all ex by satellite, but back in that area, you didn't have it. And your communication network was, if you didn't ask for that supply, if you didn't tell them what type of ammunition you needed, if you didn't request what you needed for the project, you didn't get it. But if you would ask for it and let them know what your desire was, as long as it was in the house, they could ship it to you, they could get it there, as long as the beachhead was established. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, how's your beachhead? It has been my experience in ministry, with myself included, that if there's ever a serious challenge, it has to do with me and how I respond to what the devil is trying to do. And the Word of God is extremely clear. If we go to God with our desires, then He will meet our desires. Before you got saved, you had carnal desires. You may have had, had some good desires too, but you, had, you were of the world. You were influenced of the world. Once you got saved, a lot of that influence came in with you. And you've all heard this story many times over the years, I'm sure. When I first got saved, my desire was, thank you, Jesus, get me out of debt immediately because I got myself in bad debt, and I won a Lincoln Continental, by the way. Because all I had was one scripture, it's all I knew, John chapter 14, verse 14, says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I didn't know how to want to serve God. All I wanted was to have God give me whatever I wanted. But after a while, how many of you realize you're more mature now than you used to be? I turn to your neighbor and say, thank God. <laughs> you're, you're maturing in the things of God. So you're not concerned about yourself. You're concerned about the things of God. So when you ask for those things that you have a desire of, God wants to meet that. God has always been in the meeting of the desire business. If, you add, if my wife were sitting here, and I used her as an example just a moment ago, she would have probably said, yeah, well, don't uh, tell him how he is with Molly. Well, I tell Molly maybe... Uh, I don't think I've ever told Molly no, come to think of it. But when Molly, when Molly wants something, it, and it's not a demand that she's demanding something, but she'll say, Pop, can we go to Barnes & Noble? And, and I love Barnes & Noble, and she loves Barnes & Noble, and she loves to read. So she's hitting my hot button, and I love to fulfill her desire because people need to learn how to read. We've got a society today that's a subject for another time. But anyway, people need to learn to have a desire to read. So we go out there to Barnes & Noble and I'll say, Molly, you can, you can have $10. She'll say, okay, that's fine. All she wants to do is get her foot in the door, Barnes & Noble. Once she get her foot in, that $10 doesn't last long because she's walking around. Last time I had her out there, she got $10, $9.95, and $6.95 and all. And I said, Molly, that's $20. That's twice as much. Oh, well, I understand, Pop. That's, that's okay. But I really, really love it. And I'd really love to have it. But whatever you think, well, what do you think happened? You know, you know exactly what happened. We came out of there with 20 plus because then we're leaving. We're getting ready to leave. And she said, <laughs> she's so cute. She's, what is she, seven, eight, nine? I, I'm not sure. We're getting ready to leave. She said, she knows I like Frappuccinos. This is not the reason she brought it up. She said, Pop, wouldn't you like a Frappuccino? And I said, uh, I just looked at her and she's had those eyes, you know, she, I said, Molly, would you like something? She said, well, only if you do. 
Well, you know where we ended up now. And there's another 10 bucks on top of that. And we finally come out of there. I think I went to spend 10 and ended up spending $30. I loved every minute of it. I loved every minute. It was worth $100 just for the time I have. Because she's not going to be young very long. She's going to be older. She's always going to want to be with me. But she is going to get, <laughs> she is going to get older. Now, now, what we've got to do is understand how God loves us. Now, if you're out there doing things, and I don't believe anybody here is, but if you're out there running a gun in the world and trying to get God to, to fulfill your carnal desires, he's not going to do that. He's not going to take care of that. But when, you, when you, your heart is right with God, God loves you, and he wants to give things to you. Now, I want to show it to you in the book of Psalms, chapter 37, because a lot of people don't have because they don't ask. And tell God, this is my desire. This is my desire. When, and most of you have heard this story, but it's so real to me. It's so real to me. But when I went through that horrible divorce years and years ago, and just, you know, was out there in the world doing stuff I shouldn't be doing, and, and, and then got saved in the process of all of, all of it, and then said, you know, God, I, I see how I've screwed up my life. You know, I, I just serve you the rest of my life. I don't even know what to do. But, but I'll do whatever you say. And, uh, and then one night I just said, God, if you have a wife for me, I'd love to be married again. But if you don't have somebody, I'm fine. But that's the desire I have. Middle of the night, he gives me Pam's name. And, and, and through a set of miracles, Pam calls me. And we didn't really even know each other because God had put my, me on her heart. And she thought something was wrong with me. And, you know, fast forward, we get married, we go into ministry and all these things that I thought, never could happen. It was because I had a desire that was in my heart. Now what we're about to read, I've heard people teach this different ways, that God puts the desire in your heart and then you come along in an agreement with God's desire or you have the desire and you tell God. I don't know which way it works. I personally think it works both ways. I think I have a tremendous desire for Molly to read. But when Molly comes to me, I'm not putting the desire for a certain book in her heart, but she'll come to me and say, Disney has a new book out, Pop. Did you know that? I know what she's saying. Let's go to Barnes & Noble. I don't have that book. Actually, I found out on this last trip to Barnes & Noble, Disney had put a new book out. She wanted the new book, and she got one of only three copies that were left. I am so excited that we got there ahead of time. It had nothing to do with money. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, Pop's got a lot of money. But turn back to him and tell him, but God's got a lot more. God can write a check to fill any desire you have if God wants you to have it. And God will put desires in your heart, and you'll have desires come up out of your heart that maybe God put it there and maybe he didn't. But it exalts Jesus. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And God loves to bless you. Now, let's look at the book of Psalms, chapter 37, verse 3. Because if you don't ask and you don't tell God what you have a desire of, this is the part I don't know how it works. Maybe he doesn't know. Now, on the other hand, as a theologian, you could say, what do you mean? God knows everything. That's probably true. But maybe you're not putting the demand for God to bring it forth 
into this world that in this world system is controlled by the devil and the heavenlies have uh, uh, powers and principalities of darkness are up there too trying to withstand what God wants to bring forth. What if it's all based on what we say, God, this is what I'm asking, this is what I desire, and bam, that sets the issue and God brings it forth. I believe there is tremendous truth to what I just said because I've seen it work over and over and over again in my life. Psalms 37 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will bring it to pass. Who will bring it to pass? Tell your neighbor, he'll bring it to pass. Now this is what happens, and this is why I believe there are a lot of challenges with people, because they face situations and circumstances that instead of really pressing in, this is my desire for my life, and out of my heart, God, this is what I desire, then instead of doing that, they're describing the challenges they're facing. Two important questions. Number one, what is my desire, and what is it that I really want? The word desire means to ask, to beg, to call for, to crave, to require, to do the will, uh, to, uh, to will for, to long for, to hope for, and to express a desire for. Let me give you an example. You become, you're, you're, we need to pray for Danny Jones. Danny Jones got a bad report. We're praying for Danny. Let's pray right now. Father, we lift up Danny Jones to you. We thank you. We thank you for the report that has revealed what needs to be gone in his body. And now we pray our desire is that that all that is not of you would be removed from his body, that he would live a long and healthy life. Lord, whatever it is and however you can do it, we desire that he be totally healed and free of what that report says in the name of Jesus. And everybody say, I agree. So you get a, a report from a medical standpoint or whatever, and it comes in, and then you begin to talk about it and think about it and wonder about it and all those types of things. Instead of going to God and saying, God, I desire to be healed. I don't want to be like this any longer. And you tell God what your desire is. Or you have a situation in your finances. And instead of describing how difficult it is and how much in debt you are, you begin to say, God, I have a desire to get out of debt, and I know you can get me out of debt. I got myself in there, and I made a mistake. How many of you have children? How many of you ever had your children get in trouble? Let me see the hands of all the people. You help bail them out. You help bail them out because you love them. Now, there are some things you'll let them get out of themselves because you want them to learn a lesson. But for the most part, if their heart is right, what are you going to do with your children? You're going to bail them out. You're going to bail them out. I told you the story about Carter. I won't go through the whole story right now, but I still don't know how that car got in the cornfield. But anyway, that's for Carter and God. Uh, but, but you know, we, we, we want to help Carter. We want to help him. How, how many of you wrecked a car when you first learned to drive? Can I see the hands? My hand is up, by the way. <laughs> so we, let's all say, been there, done that. Thank God for somebody that's around in the family that loved us unconditionally and said, I'm going to cover you on this one, but learn a lesson. And that's exactly what I said to Carter. So anyway, if you learn a lesson from all your mistakes, you know the answer. You should be brilliant by now. But what we do 
is we get to the point when we're going to God with our desires constantly and telling God what we desire. If you don't do that, in, if, if you go to God continually, you'll establish in your, in your mind, in your mind like a beachhead, you will establish God knows what I need. God's going to take care of it. I don't have to think about all of the what ifs. Oh, what if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't what happen? We turn every negative into a positive. Everybody say, I can do that. Every negative into a positive. Put that definition back up there of desire, if you would, just for a moment. See, the desire, if, if you have desire in your heart to ask for, call for, crave, require, will for, long for, hope for, express a desire for, God, I have a desire for a wife. God, I have a desire to get out of debt. God, I have a desire for a new car. I'm just telling you what I sit down and talk to God about with a strong desire in my spirit and every single one of them came to pass. God is no respecter of persons. What God will do for one, God will do for another. I could have sat around and thought, I'm driving a 2001 car and I don't like it and it's full of, you know, whatever. That wasn't true. I love my 2001 car. Pam said, you look like an old man driving. There she is. My wife said, no, she didn't say you look like an old man. I, I correct myself. You said only old people drive a 2001 Buick Park Avenue. And I said, yeah, that's what you think. She said, find me one that's not old. I would drive around whenever I'd see a 2000 Park Avenue, I think this is the one. I never did find one. <laughs> there were all a lot of old people driving 2001 Park Avenue, except for my grandson. He wanted that car, and I'm, it was so great to give that to him. So all of, all of a sudden I'm looking, and I'm thinking about this message for myself because there are things that I desire that I don't know how much of a call to God I put on God. If you desire something strongly enough to long for it, to hope for it, and to express the desire for it, then God is going to bring that to pass for you because who's going to bring it to pass? Psalms 37. Let's all say it. God brings it to pass. Turn to your neighbor. That is really weak, folks. Let's all say, God does it. God. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's going to do it. Here's what happens if we don't live in the, in the world of desire and we have that strong feeling right here. The rest of the supplies aren't coming forth. The rest of the reinforcements aren't coming. It's like in the military. If you don't take the beachhead, you're not going to take the island. If you don't take your mind, you're going to be troubled by things that go on instead of saying, that's not going to trouble me. I have a desire, and here's what my desire is, God. And you live in the realm of desire and know in Psalms 37... God will bring it to pass. When you live your life like this, it will absolutely change your life. Now, if you have your Bibles, take a look at Proverbs chapter 13, because this is where many people live. They have this mind that has not been established on desire. They're not taking every negative and making it a positive and say, God, I desire to be healed. I desire to have the mind of Christ. I desire to be blessed financially. I have a desire to do whatever you called me to do. I have a desire. I don't believe God has a problem with you saying, I have a desire for a new car. I have a desire for a job. I have a desire for this. I have a desire for that. As long as you're not in the flesh, as long as you're not into carnality, as long as you're loving God and with God and pushing for God and want everything that God has for you, I believe God wants to bless you. God is not like a grandparent, but I'm telling you what, being a grandparent 
What do we have? 16 or 17 now? I don't really know. 16 grandchildren. One of the greatest joys I have in my life is to be able to bless our grandchildren. Now, we only have so many of them here with us, but we have others in other parts of the country. My granddaughter out in Oklahoma called one day and wanted to know if, if, if we would do her wedding several years ago. She just made us great, great grandparents. Uh, oh, one great. I'm sorry. Great grandparents. Yeah, I'm pushing the issue. But anyway, it, it, it blessed me to be able to do her her, her wedding. It blessed me because she even thought to call me because I'm not that dominant in her life at all. She, her other grandfather really is. I believe it blesses God when you go to him and say, God, I, it blesses me when Molly said, Pop, you want a Frappuccino? And I knew fully well she wanted a drink from there. I mean, it, it just blesses you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's great to be blessed. To be blessed. Proverbs 13, 12 said, that uh, uh, Proverbs 13, 12, hope desired, uh, excuse me, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it is a tree of life. There are a lot of people in the body of Christ who have the victory. Therefore, we should be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Not everything is going to look perfect for you, but you've got the victory that God wants you to have. So therefore now, if we're starting to lose hope in what we want, a lot of times it's because, and most of the time, it's because you've lost your desire. Turn to your neighbor and say, you came the right time. A lot of people are trying to build their hope up because, and, 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 and hope alone is not going to do it. You have to have a desire. I have a desire to live the rest of my life financially secure. How many of you have that desire? Talk to God about it. He'll help you do it. You say, well, wait a minute. I can't figure it out. Stop trying to figure it out. Psalms 37 doesn't say, go to God with the desires of your heart and then figure it out and he'll bless you. It says, you come to him with the desires of your heart and he will bring it to pass. I believe my God is going to take care of every need for me in my latter years, just like he did in the younger years. Because he's got a lot of money, he's got a lot of ability, and he can take care of everything that I have need of. And as long as I'm doing what he's called me to do, all of his blessings are going to come up on me and overtake me. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you too. But if you begin to lose your desire and say, well, I don't know about this. I don't know if God wants me to have this or I don't know that. Or, or worse yet, I think for many people, my beginning years in ministry is I didn't know that God would want me to have all of my desires because they were wrong in the beginning. But then they started to become right. See, God will want you to have things. He does not want you to live poor. He does not want you to live without a house on the street. He doesn't want you to live without transportation if that's what you need. He will do whatever he wants for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, this message is a message for me. So therefore, no matter what you face, whatever that negative is, what is your desire? My desire is, my desire is, my desire is. My desire in the very beginning 
Sometimes it doesn't work out the way we want. When they, when they told me, uh, Carl, you'll relate to this. They told me that I needed stents in my heart. I don't desire to have stents in my heart. I don't want any stents. I've got great health. Well, you might die if you don't have the stents. Well, now I've got a choice. I can have stents and have a desire to live a long and healthy life, or I can go without the stents. I prayed about it. I felt a tremendous peace of having the stents and not facing the risk of dying young. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a no-brainer. So you take it from the negative into the positive, and you're always desiring for God to give you what is the desire of your heart. The desire of my heart is to live a long and healthy life. I plan to do that because God will meet my desire. Tell your neighbor, God will meet your desire. But what is the communication system you have set up with God? Is it the desire of your heart, and is that what you're believing for? Now, Jesus, in the book of uh, John, chapter 15, has a great deal to say in a very short period of time. And this is really an awesome, awesome scripture. You've heard me quote it, I'm sure, many times in this, in this church. But we talk a lot sometimes about first responders. <clears throat> That's true, too, when you're talking about the beachhead of your mind. Your response to whatever situation you face, I was amazed when I talked to Jason a few times on the phone and then I saw him in the hospital, I was amazed at Jason's response spiritually to what he went through. Strong, focused, I'm going to be okay, going on with my life, everything is going to be okay. It was a tremendous response. Your first response will have a great deal to do with what your desire is. Your first response should always be not describing the challenge and the situation and the negative thing that happened. Your first response should be, what is the desire of my heart? Uh, you know, maybe you, maybe you suffered a loss somewhere along the line or maybe something happened. What's the desire of my heart? Uh, Teresa Nice had a house that caught fire and they ended up totaling the house. What's the desire of her heart? She told me, I'm going to get a new house. Now, she could sit around and be concerned about the house that she lost, but instead, she's, she, is, she is happy that nobody was hurt in that house, and her desire is, I'm going to have me a new house, and I'm looking forward to it. You can take every negative and turn it into a positive. Tell your neighbor, you can take every neg negative and turn it into a positive. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you, what's that word? Desire. What's that word? Desire. Real quickly, real loud, what's that word? Desire. You ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. I ask you this question. What are the things in your heart that you have written down that you desire? What is on this beachhead? What is in this mind right here? What is here? I desire peace in my life. I desire happiness. I desire to be happy every day, God. I desire to be blessed coming and going. I desire to be a blessing everywhere that we go. I desire, we were in a restaurant the other day with a couple, I won't say who it was right now and they'll know why. But we saw them eating over there and Pam turned to me and she said, hey, why don't we buy their lunch? Now that, now, if we ever go to a restaurant and Pam knows somebody, I mean, I thank God we did it for these people, but Pam has a habit of doing that. Uh, she loves to buy people's lunch. Do you not? She said, why don't you buy their lunch? So we bought their lunch, and, and I'm all for it. I, I have no problem with it. And so uh, afterward, we walked by the, the, the people, and I saw the guy uh, there signing a, a check. Uh, or not a check, but signing for a credit card. 
And I thought he was paying for his lunch. I said, wait, 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 don't pay for that lunch. I, we, I didn't want to tell them we did it, and I didn't know they already knew we did it, but apparently they already knew that we did it. They weren't buying their lunch again. They said, we're going to forward it on to another table, and they saw a table over there, and they were buying lunch for the table over there next to them. We're, we're, we're fast forwarding on to another table. I thought it was absolutely awesome because that was the desire of our heart, and then their desire turned into blessing those other people. When my wife, when my, our daughter works at, grand, one of our granddaughters works at Bruno's. First time we went to Bruno's when she was working there, my wife, we got ready, got the check, and, uh, and, and I made a mistake. I turned to my wife and I said, what do you think for the tip? That was a big mistake uh, for a grandma. I'd ask a grandma, what about the tip for the granddaughter? And I looked, at this rate, we're not going to be able to eat here very often. But, but you know, it, it was a pretty good tip. As a matter of fact, it was such a tip that I've got a, a, a thing on my uh, um, um, email from the credit card company two hours later saying, is this a mistake or is this really the service that was well provided? <laughs> that, 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 and, now, and now she works... Brownsburg occasionally, no, no, Lebanon occasionally at a restaurant down there. My wife drives down there, leaving big tips. Why? Because she desires to bless her granddaughter. She does not love her granddaughter as much as God does. God loves you without condition, and God wants to bless you. Tell your neighbor, God wants to bless you. So what we've got to do now, this is, this is the, the world has a sick mind. And, and if you have an unestablished beachhead, this is, this is the way the world is. The, the difference between an unestablished beachhead and an established beachhead. The world says this. How many of you ever heard this? Don't get your hopes up. Can I see the hands of all the people that somebody told you? that? Don't get your hopes up. They think they're doing you a favor so that you won't be disappointed. There are many times we'll all be disappointed. Deal with disappointed, turn it into a positive, and say, God, this is the desire of my heart. You have to have established the desire of your heart. As I was preparing for this message, I got to thinking about some things that I've let slide a little bit because I've been trying to think it through. Can I see the hands of all the think-it-throughers? In other words, you know the desire of your heart, but you're trying to figure it out. I remember when Pam and I, what, we were $30,000 in debt, I think, when you married me. I told Pam, don't marry me. I've got some, a little bit of debt here I need to take care of. Well, she couldn't help herself. She married. <laughs> and, and, and we got married, and then she found out I had about $30,000 of debt. And I know the look on her face was, I should have waited a little bit longer. Well, <laughs> if we did, I don't know if I'd ever gotten out of debt. But it looked like there was no way. I put my pencil to it. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't. It was like I'm going to work in servitude forever. And then I found out that God will take care of all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And that he'll cover all of my mistakes if my heart is right. And then I watched God give us a car out there in Tulsa. I watched God give us vacations. I watched God send us to Kansas City and give us seats on the, or like a box seats at the place and, and took care of all of our expenses. And I watched God's hand move and I found out something. Are you ready for this? This is, this is extraordinary. Extremely, extremely deep. So are you ready for it? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I found out God was a lot smarter and more capable than me. A lot smarter and a lot more capable than me. And that he could make these things happen where I was trying to figure it out. And what will happen if you try to lean to your own understanding 
Scripture says don't lean to your own understanding. If you try to lean to your own understanding, you'll circumvent your desire. You, you, you'll lose your desire. It's like, I, I can't do that. I don't make enough money. Yes, you do. You make all the money you need to do whatever God's called you to do because God's not going to ask you to pay for what he's called you to do. God is going to take care of it for you. God's going to take care of every need that you have if you don't lose your desire. And this is what I encourage you. I feel like the Lord spoke to me about some desires I had that I've kind of let go. I know they're in my prayer journal. I know what I feel. But I used to talk to God about it all the time. God, this is the desire of my heart. Put that desire back up there, would you please? This is the desire of my heart, Lord, and I believe it's your desire to do that. I long for this. I want this. I hope for this. I express a desire for it. I just, God, this is really what I see. I know it'll bless you. It'll bless me. This is really what I want. And that's the way it should be in all of our lives. You should have a list of what your desires are. What are your desires? If you don't have a list of your desires, you're going to float back to all the things that aren't going right. Can I see the hands of all the people that you have areas in your life where you know you've lost hope? Can I see your hands? Now, that's because you can look at the word hope and say, well, I've got to get my hope back. No, it's because you've lost your desire. You've lost your desire in that area. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it's a tree of life. So you get your desire up, and then you get your hopes up. What is my desire? And I believe that if you would go home tonight, and if you would start to say, well, these, this is my desire. This is what I want. Stop looking at what's not going right and start looking at your desire. God, this is the desire that I have. This is a desire for my business. This is the desire for my marriage. This is the desire for my children. Don't look at your children and look at everything they're doing wrong. What is your desire for God? What are you calling forth from God for your child? What are you calling forth for your marriage? What are you calling forth for your mind? What are you calling forth? What is the desire that's deep down within your heart? I'm going to close with this, and then I'm going to pray for you. I, I don't know what my wife thought the other day or not. I'm not saying God's going to do this. All I know is we got a call from our grandson. No, we didn't get a call. We got a call from our son that another grandson who lives in Los Angeles is getting married. And they have a church out there, I think, that they go to. So I don't know that we're going to be involved in the wedding ministerially wise. But, but uh, it's going to be at Malibu. And... Uh, Years ago, I was stationed in California, and I've always thought it'd be great to go back to California sometime. So now we have a wedding out there in Malibu. And uh, so that sounds kind of exciting. And then I'm sitting there in the car, and I'm thinking, you know, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. And uh, I was stationed in Hawaii for two years, and I've always wanted to go back, and Pam's never been there. I want to take Pam to Hawaii. And all of a sudden, I'm just sitting there in the car thinking. Now, everybody say, God, God, God is better than a grandfather. But, but I know the heart of a grandfather. I didn't know it before I had grandkids. I can relate to the bumper sticker now that said, if I'd known grandkids would have been so much fun, I'd have started with them. No, that's just a joke, by the way. But, but, anyway, but anyway, I'm thinking, okay, California. California is a short hop to Hawaii. It's a lot cheaper to go to Hawaii from California than it is from Lafayette. And so I told Pam, I told her on the phone, there's silence on the other end. I don't know what you were thinking or not, but I was talking to Pam. I said, I said, Malibu. I said, well, that's interesting. She said, what are you thinking? I said, well, that's, that's close to Hawaii. <laughs> I'm sure her mind is thinking, what is he thinking? You know what's the desire of my heart? I don't know if this is God or not, but I think it would be awesome to go to Malibu, go to the wedding, hop on a plane, and go to Hawaii and have a great time. God, I don't know if that's your desire or not, 
but I would like it, and I think it would be great. Let's stand to our feet. Sometimes we miss out on what God wants to do for us because we are just looking at things that aren't going right. And when that happens, often enough, you will eventually defer your hope. You will eventually defer your, your desires. You let go of your desires. And once you let go of them, the devil's going to come around there and he's going to talk to you and he's going to say, nothing's ever going to get better. Your marriage will never get better. Your kids will never be good. You never have enough money to live on. You'll always be in debt, all that kind of stuff. And then we live like that, expecting that, and the devil is right there saying, amen. That's the way it's going to be the rest of your life. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You are a child of God. I am a child of God. And my God takes care of me better than any grandparent ever would. And I have grandparents that love to do stuff for me. But my God will do more stuff for me. Because I also want to do stuff for my God. And I believe you all are the same. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you again, as you hear so many times, the most important question you will ever answer. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Do you know that if you died tonight, you'd be with Jesus. Maybe you're here and you can't answer that question, yes. Or maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal child. You know you've walked away from the things of God. It has not affected God's love for you, but it has affected your relationship with God and His relationship with you. And if you're here and you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. I know my life is not right with God. We're going to ask you to slip your hand in the air and we're going to pray for you take just a moment. Holy Spirit, you know everybody here. If there's one person, I pray that tonight would be their night. Anyone at all. Now all of you who lifted your hands just a moment ago said you've areas in your life where you've lost hope. I'm going to ask you to lift them again because I want to pray for you. I believe the power of God is here to heal your heart where you've left hope where that desire will come back and it will strengthen you. Now, Father, you see every hand that is lifted. I pray that in the name of Jesus, I pray that every single person with their hands lifted, Lord, I pray the anointing that would break the yoke of bondage off of every life. Lord, that they'll not give up those deep inner desires that are there. I pray for marriages to be healed. I pray for finances to be established. I pray for great wisdom in the midst of all of this. But I pray that in the name of Jesus, you will touch every heart. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're going to fill every void, every hand that's lifted right now in the name of Jesus. I bind weariness. I bind discouragement. And I speak the word of God to you, that the desire of your heart if you will not let go of the desire of your heart, God will bring it to pass. It may be something that there's no way what you originally thought could have happened because that day has come and gone, but God will give you a better day. God will make everything straight, the crooked road straight in your life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire comes, it is a tree of life. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have touched every heart in this place tonight. Every heart, every hand that is lifted in the name of Jesus. 
Now, before we leave, I want you to make this confession. And I'm going to give you a homework assignment. You need to get a journal, whether it be a prayer journal or something else. And you need to start making a list of the desires of your heart. God, this is the desire of my heart. And you start write those things down. And you give them to God and say, God, this is the desire of my heart. And you watch, you watch what will begin to happen in your life. And if it is a desire that is pure, holy before God, God will bring that thing to pass. And chances are, many of those desires God has put in your heart. But I know this. I don't know that God put a desire for a wife in my heart. I don't know that God put a desire for a car in my heart. But I know in my heart, I had a desire for both. In that order, too. A wife first. And, 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 and I watched God bring it to pass. I'm telling you, this stuff works, folks. Everybody say, it works. So let's make this confession. Lord, forgive me for the times when I've lost hope. I know that desire is important to you. Your word says that if I ask whatever I desire, you will do it. It also says that herein you are glorified when I bear much fruit. So therefore, from this day forward, I'm going to make a list of my desires and I'm going to give them to you because I know you can bring them to pass. And I will not lose hope. Never again. Because hope is the foundation for my faith. And when I walk by faith and not by sight, I am pleasing to you. And when I please you, you desire to meet every desire in my heart. How many of you believe that's true? How many believe that is the will of God? When you're pleasing before God, humble before God, loving God, and telling God, I need a frappuccino. God will bring it to pass. And you know I'm being silly now. But when my little granddaughter said, Pop, you want a frappuccino? You know what my heart said? Get her up there. She wants a Starbucks. Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed. Tell your neighbor.